Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Hey, it's so nice to see you today. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, if we've never met before, my name is Justin, and uh, my wife Jennifer and I are pastors here at Vivid Church. We love you a lot. We're excited that you're here. We've been as a team planning for today in such a way that we've got free gifts, not only for those who are here for the first time. We always do that. Every single week that we gather, we got a free gift for people who are here for the first time. But today's a special day, and because of that, we've got free gifts for everyone today, okay? Every person today gets a gift. Why? Because it's our birthday. As a church, this is our birthday. So turn to the person beside you and say, happy birthday. Someone's like, that's weird. It's not my birthday. Actually, I would defy you theologically. The Bible says this, that we are the church. Church is people. It's not buildings. It's not, uh, it, it's not organizations. Church is about people. And this specific local church called Vivid Church is two years old today. We're celebrating two years as a church in the city of Vancouver. And so happy birthday. That means we got gifts. That means we got cake today. Come on. Well, cupcakes. Better than cake. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. But, uh, you know, before we go any further, I've got some thoughts I want to share with you. Some thoughts about vision. I really believe that every person in this place, if we have a need, we might think that need is about money. We might think potentially that need is about opportunity. We might potentially think that need, you know, is potentially like new ideas or new creativity. I think in the end, a need we all share is more clarity of vision, that we could have more clarity of vision in our lives organizationally, yes, but also individually, that God would give us vision. And here's the thing I, I think that's amazing, is when the thing we need aligns with the thing that God desires to give us, there's power in that. When the thing we, we desperately need aligns with what God already desires to do, there's power in that prayer. And so today, I'm praying that, that God would give us clear vision. I'm praying that, that the need we have would align exactly with the purposes and the desire and the design that God has to give us clarity of vision. Hey, in the, the book of Habakkuk, someone's like, did he just say Habakkuk? Yes, I did say Habakkuk. Probably not a word you're going to be able to find very much use for in a, in a sentence from day to day. But in the book of Habakkuk in the Bible... There's this passage of scripture. We looked at it last week as we began our series called Scan the Horizon. Habakkuk has a complaint. Now, some people in the room, you, you, you think this thought, it's bad to have complaints. The truth of the matter is, the only way to not have a complaint is to not care about anything. And that's not any way to live. But, but the issue is with his complaint, instead of becoming a complainer, he allows his complaint to point him to the answer to his question, the solution to his problem. His, his uh, response is this. Habakkuk, with his complaint, says this. What's God going to say to my question? I'm braced for the worst, but I'll climb the lookout tower and I'll scan the horizon and I'll wait to see what God will say and how he'll answer my complaint. See, that's the, the, the position we put ourselves in to receive vision from God is when we have a complaint, when we have an issue, when we have a problem, when we have a concern, when we have a struggle or a trial or a conflict, instead of becoming a describer of that problem, which is a complainer, I want to challenge that we would become climbers. 
that we would climb a tower, a tower of praise, that we'd climb a tower of thanksgiving, that we'd become to be a describer of the goodness of God, that we would ascend out of just living, steeping in that complaint like we are some sort of soup, and we would step up out of it and say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something more. I'm not going to just live in my complaint. I'm going to climb the tower. I'm going to begin to praise God for who he is. I'm going to begin to praise God for all he's already done. I don't know exactly what he's about to do, but I know what he's already done. He's been faithful, and the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so I'm going to begin to praise. And as we ascend, as we climb that tower, then he says this, I'm going to scan the horizon. What is the horizon? It's the place where heaven touches earth. It's that place where heaven and earth touch, where everything that we know and understand comes to an end, and then all the mystery and the beauty of God comes down. It's that point where heaven and earth touch. And Habakkuk says this, I don't know what God's going to say, but I'm going to ascend out of my problem. I'm going to just scan the horizon. I'm going to look to that place where God is at work on the horizon. I'm going to wait in that. Now, that's the way I live my life. I want to praise, and then I want to wait. I want to be grateful, and I want to be hopeful. I want to be full of thanksgiving. You know, we, last week we celebrated Thanksgiving. Interesting word, Thanksgiving. It's actually impossible to have thanks without giving. Think about that. When we're really, truly full of thanks, it always leads to giving. It always overflows. It always pours up. Because the nature of God is this, that just enough is not enough. He says, hey, I'm going to fill you till you overflow. So when we get full of thanks, what happens is giving. See, we're, we're ascending, we're climbing up out of our problem and just say, I don't know how you're going to solve this, God. Habakkuk, not knowing fully the nature of God, says, I'm bracing for the worst. Have you ever felt that way? I know I have. Have you ever felt that way in prayer? Like, I'm not exactly sure what God's going to say. It could be bad. But the more and more I find out about the nature of God, the more and more I find that that's a faulty way of thinking, that God has good in store for me. He doesn't give sometimes and take away others. He is a giver. God is a giver of every good and perfect gift. The Bible says in the book of James that he is the father of light in whom there is no turning or shadow, meaning that it's not like at some point or another God uh, goes down for the night as if he were the sun. He is a source of light that is eternal. There's no shadow in God. There's no turning in God. It's not as though his presence or his goodness or his nature is being shone on some people now and others are left out in the cold. God is good and he's on our side and he's for us. So what am I going to do? I'm going to just scan the horizon. I'm going to wait. And then he says this, speaking of the vision that would come. As he's scanning the horizon, metaphorically, I don't know if he literally climbed a tower and pulled out some binoculars and was looking, God, where are you? But he says, this is what it's going to feel like. I need to ascend up out of this problem that has me hemmed in, and I need to look and just wait. And then into that, it says this, and then God answered. Hello. Then God answered. This is a miracle. God answers people. God speaks to people. I'm telling you, that is the greatest miracle on the planet today. I, I, I love miracles that, that, that seem flashy. I, I love miracles that seem to defy science. I love when diagnoses are turned up on their head and, and, and all of uh, what is logical says things are going to go one way and then God just shows up. I love that. But you know the greatest miracle is that the God of heaven speaks. The God of heaven is always speaking. That, that Jesus responds to us. So as Habakkuk is in this position, he's waiting. It says this, then God answered. And he said this, I want you to write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what is coming. 
It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way, and it will come right on time. Why don't we pray together? Jesus, I ask right now for every person in this place that you'd clarify vision in our heart. Clarify for us vision, what you see in us and what you see for us, that as we have clear vision as people, it would affect the vision for our households. As our households have clear vision, that you would speak vision for this gathering and group of people here in this city. Clarify our vision, God. We will climb and we will wait as we scan the horizon. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen. 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 I'm excited uh, to share with you a, a few things that we see as we collectively scan the horizon. But before I do, I wanted to speak to this personal vision, some of the nature of, of, of vision. Do you know, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. Let me say that again. The clearer the vision that God gives us, the fewer the options that we really have. Because when you see what God is pointing out, everything else just doesn't quite look right. And then the easier the decision is. There's a lot of people who struggle with decisions. Do you know one of them? Are you one of them? You're like, I, I don't know. Am I? Am I? It's hard to say. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. What's the answer? Hey, you might be one of those people. It's hard. Some people struggle with decisions. Like, what should we eat right now? What should I wear today? You know you just struggle with decisions when you're already thinking about what should I wear tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. What, what, what am I going to do? with like Some people, they, they expect, what am I going to do? I'm going to show up to university on day one. I'm just going to find a line that feels right, and I guess that's my major, right? But every semester, it's like they're, they're in flux. They're like, oh, you know, I might switch my major. Then they finish their major, and like, now I need a job. I don't think it will have anything to do with what I learned because I didn't like that. Right? Like some people have a hard time making decisions. But if you have clear vision, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. I think there's something to be said about, about the type of vision that allows you to easily, quickly, and, uh, and confidently make decisions. I think that's what it looks like when someone has clear vision from God. They can easily, quickly, confidently make decisions. How many people think that sounds like a good type of living. Come on, that type of living where you're like, I know what I'm about. I know, I know what my goal is. I know where I'm going. That's the type of vision that God wants you and I to have. I want to be a person with clearer vision. How about you? I want to be a person who, who's able to weigh out decisions with a light heart, with, with a clear head, with, with maybe even a little joy in my life, and make the types of decisions that God puts before us. You know, a lot of times we, we defer that decision. We, we live in the type of way like, well, I'll just figure it out when I get there. That decision to not make a decision is a decision. That decision to plan to be ignorant in the future, that's a decision we're making. Say, I'm going to just wait till I get there and then I'll just figure it out. But right now, why would we blow past that opportunity we feel right now to be the type of people who are thoughtful and forward-thinking and miss the opportunity to have clarity later. You know, th this one passage of Scripture, it says a few things about vision that I think are important. Number one is God-given vision is clear. God-given vision is clear. God doesn't speak simply in, in generalities. 
God doesn't just generalize. He actually speaks with some clarity. Now, now get this. He speaks with clarity about the things that matter most to him. He gives wisdom for the things that we think matter most to us. He gives us, you know, some broad strokes of wisdom, but then he speaks with clarity about the things that matter most to him. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like God is the most focused on the things that matter most to him. And the more we align our hearts with the thing that he's most about, the more clarity we will have for our own lives. When we say, I know this, like God cares about people a lot. Like he really generally cares for lost people. He really does. The Bible says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he sent his son. That that sacrifice of sending Jesus, the Bible actually says this, he, he gave it all. He sacrificed it all. And how, how will he not also along with Jesus give us all things? Because Jesus is the best. He's the highest. He's the greatest. There's no one above him. There's no one beside him. And God was willing to give Jesus. Why? For lost people. It's the thing that matters most to God. I think that there's a lot of times we try to make decisions about the things that matter the most to us. And then we say, God, I'll wait for the things that matter most to you after I've figured out the things that matter most to me. And God says, that's just not the way I work. I want you to align your purposes with my purposes because the Bible says this, seek first his kingdom and then all the other stuff will be added to you. It says those who delight themselves in the Lord, God will give them the desires of their heart. But so many of us say, if you could just give me all my heart desires, then I'm going to be really stoked with you, God. I'm going to be so delighted in you if you give me all the desires of my heart first. But the one who delights themselves in the Lord, God actually realigns the desires of their heart to line up with his purpose for their life. You following what I'm saying? It's like, hey, here's what I know I I need. I want to find, you know, a place I like. I got to have enough money to to furnish it the way I want to have it. I got to, you know, make sure my life is at a point where I can travel and do the things I want to do. And then I want to be comfortable. And then I want to be, I want to be cool. And then I want to be, you know, I want a group of friends, all these things. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But the Bible says this, when we scan the horizon and we delight ourselves in the thing that God delights in, lost people being found, broken lives being put back together, then all the other stuff begins to align. People who make bold moves based on that type of clarity end up living a big life. They end up living a blessed life. So number one, God's vision is clear. Think of this. Here's Habakkuk. He's looking on the horizon and then God answers him. He didn't write this. And then I had this little feeling. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just me. I don't know if you'd agree. You might disagree, but I think it might. It, it's clear. He's got a clarity. God speaks. Number two, not only is God's vision clear, it's meant to be communicated. It's meant to be communicated. Clear enough in our hearts that we can communicate it to others. Clear enough in our lives that we can actually transmit it to others. Do you know, uh, it, it's said this way, that you don't truly understand something until you can explain it to a child. Until you can teach it. To a child, you don't really understand it. You haven't really grasped a concept. Sometimes I think we we are okay to just live in that gray, shadowy kind of area. We say, I don't really know what what my life is for. I don't really know what God put me on this planet for, but I'll just kind of figure it out. I'll just kind of, I'll know, right? I'll just have a nudge. Or we do this. I'll just go with what feels right in the moment. But the problem is feelings aren't always trustworthy. Shocking, I know. Feelings are not always trustworthy. Feelings can be manipulated by something as temporary as hunger. 
and somebody nudged their spouse, right? You're like, hey, before we have this conversation, I think I just need to have some nachos, okay? We're about to get into something deep here. Let me just grab some nachos, and then this is going to go way better. Feelings have the ability to be manipulated by something as temporary as hunger. To be, listen, feelings can be manipulated by something as expectable as a change of weather. And rain starts coming, and we're like, I I don't know what I'm feeling. And I know, I know this happens every winter, but this time it's different. And then the sun comes out again in the spring. We're like, wow, yeah, yeah. God's purposes for my life are good. He's for me, not against me, you know. I'm a victor. I'm not a victim until the next time it rains. Feelings can be manipulated. God wants you to have such clarity of vision in your, in your life that it can actually be communicated. That when asked the question, you can communicate it. See, I, I, I wish that uh, Vancouver had Uber. Anyone else? Wow, that was unfortunately the loudest response of the day. Here I am preaching Bible, talking vision. I'm like, Uber, yes! You know, someone's like, sign me up. Okay, come on. Now, now you've outed yourself. I know you have the potential to be responsive. Unbelievable. I wish we had Uber. I wish we had Uber. Not, not only for its simplicity. I, I, I just wish we had Uber for the 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 enjoyable conversations that it provides. Man, I love I love getting in an Uber. My, I, I just go I just go there. Like I get right deep. I get there. So what what's what's like the, the, the biggest dream you have in your life? I was in, in Chicago the other day. I jumped in an Uber. We had some friends sitting in the back and I hear them laughing in the back because I'm like, hey man, how long have you been driving Uber? Oh about three years. I'm like, that's amazing. You enjoy it? Well not too much. Well what would you like to do? If all things were considered equal, what would be your dream, your biggest goal, your biggest idea? And he dives right in, and here we are driving through the streets of Chicago talking about the dreams that he has for his life. When he moved from Lagos, Nigeria, the dream that he had on his life, he's like, it wasn't to be an Uber driver. And now I'm encouraging him. I love Uber for that reason. I think we ought to have enough clarity in our vision that if we were Uber drivers, we could give an answer to that type of question. Enough clarity that even in a short trip, we could be like, purpose for my life? Great question. I think about it all the time. Are you with me? That, that the clarity of vision actually becomes communicatable. That we're like, I could, I could put it in a phrase. I could describe it. It's not like, I don't know if, if I saw it. I could, like some, some people, they, they, they think they understand design, but they can't describe what they like. They just say, I'll know it if I see it. That's a frustrating person to work with. Are you with me? They're like, I don't know what I like about it, but when I see it, I'll know. You know, I don't know exactly fashion-wise what I like, but when I see it, I know. Then there's that person who knows so much that they can describe it to you. They can explain it to you. Why? Because they think about it. Their thought is on it. When we're really thinking about God's purposes for our life, his vision for our lives, we've thought about it enough that we can communicate it to the people around us. As a church, our, our mission's pretty simple, reflecting the light of Jesus' life for all to see. When I scan the horizon and I see what God has in store, all I live for, all I long for is that people would see. If people can see Jesus, Jesus does all the work. If people can get a revelation of Jesus, then he's the one who saves. 
He's the one who convicts of sin. He's the one who calls us to be better. He's the one who actually empowers us to do the things he's called us to. For far too long, I've been part of, of church ideology and, and practice. That is, we need to point out what's wrong. We need to challenge people where, where they fail. We need to give them clear step-by-step step what they need to do next. But the truth of the matter is if people get a glimpse of Jesus for who he is, then he does all the heavy lifting. He's the one who carries all the weight. My job is simply to reflect him. Come on, that was a weak clap. We just have a rule here. If someone claps, we're all going to clap. Yeah, I would hate... I would hate the first clapper to feel embarrassed of their clapping. So if someone claps, we just all clap. See, clarity of vision becomes communicable vision. Number three, not only is God's vision clear, not only is God's vision communicable, but number three, it's coming. God's vision is coming. I love what he says. God answers. He says, here's what I need you to do. Get it really clear in your heart. So clear that you use big block letters. Why? So it can be taken. It says so that the herald can run with it. Someone named Harold? No. Someone with the job of Harold. Someone with the job. You're like, what job is Harold? It's Harold with an E, which means this. You've told me, and now I can communicate it clearly. I can pass on your message with accuracy. Not like kids playing that game telephone where a message gets distorted, and by the end, we're talking about elephants in pajamas or something like that. We're talking about the type of clarity that with perfect accuracy not like Siri. Come on, somebody. How many people have ever hit send on a message from Siri and then realized you just said something you did not mean? <laughs> and then there's the follow-up text that has an asterisk in it as you fix your spelling mistake. Or they're like, ha, 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 uh, auto voice correct mistake. Uh, right? I'm talking about the ability to, to respond clearly, to transmit what I've heard with clarity. He says, write it in block letters so it can be read on the run so that there's so much clarity and focus of what God has for you that others can, can tell that story. And then number three, it says it's coming. It's coming. It might feel slow, but it's coming. You might feel that aching feeling, that groaning feeling on the inside of you saying, I know I'm made for more than this. This cannot be the end. But don't get discouraged in that place because it's coming. If God has said it, he'll do it. All his promises, I love this word. The Bible says this, all God's promises are yes and amen. How good is that? How, how simple is that? You, you, like if you want to understand something simple enough to tell a child, that's what the Bible is doing right there. All, how many? All. All God's promises. How many? All. All God's promises are yes. Right? And Amen. It's so clear. If God said it, he'll do it. If God said it, he will do it. His promises are coming. There's some people right now, you are in a season where you feel like it's just never going to end, an endless winter. But the truth of this, that seasons come and they do go. The springtime will come. 
God said he'll do it, he will do it. He'll do it in a way you did not expect. I'm telling you right now, I have never been able to guess or anticipate with clarity the way God will do what He's done. he said he'll do, but he's never failed me. He's never let me down. He's never disappointed me. And as I say that, there are dreams in my heart that I have not yet seen come to pass, but I have seen them with so much clarity that I don't doubt them for a minute. I don't question them for a second. See, vision, the type of vision that you say is clear in my heart. I could communicate it to the world around me. I know it's coming. See, here, here's the nature of a person with vision. Let me just give you three things real quick. Three things about a person with vision. This would answer that question. You're like, well, why should I be a person with vision? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I'm making it through. I'm getting by. That's good enough. Why would I want to be a person with vision? Let me give you give you three reasons, okay? Somebody here, you're about to graduate. Somebody here, you're about to finish a degree. Somebody here, you are in the midst of transition. Somebody here, you're like, should I ask her or no? Someone here, like, if he asks me, what would I say? Someone here, like, should we, is it time for kids? Someone like, is it time for another kid? Someone's going, is it time for no more kids? Like, you're in a season, you got decisions to make. There's big moves coming. Why would we want to be the type of person with vision? Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, a person with vision is a person with focus. A person with clear vision is a person who is focused. That's the nature of a person who has vision. They're focused. Every new idea, every new thought, every new circumstance that they come into, they have focus in the way they get through it. Why? Because they've got clear vision. See, what would be the opposite of clear vision? I suppose if I were uh, an ophthalmologist, maybe it would be double vision, right? I, I don't really have clear vision. I just kind of see double. Perhaps it, like in, in that blurriness, you're like, I see double. Have you ever seen one of those pictures that you have to kind of uh, cross your eyes to see what's behind the picture? See, that's not the way God works. He's not saying this, just cross your eyes and sit there just right. He said, just wait, and I'm going to show you with clarity so that you can have focus. What, what would be another word for double vision? Division. Division. See, with vision, there's focus. Without, without vision that brings focus, you end up with a divided heart. And the Bible says this. Like, I love what David says. He goes, give me an undivided heart. In other words, give me focus in vision. Give me so much clarity that I'm, I'm aiming for a target. I'm not the type of person who throws a dart against a wall and then goes and paints a target around it. So I go, bullseye. That's what I was aiming for all along. I know where I'm aiming, and I'm not giving up until I get there. I'm focused. I remember when I, when I started college, I had this focus. I, I had a, a, one of the things that I knew that I knew that I knew. I'm like, I'm going to finish college with no debt. I'm not going to have any debt when I finish college. And I remember, like, I, I, was, I was studying theology. I remember having this prayer with God. I'm like, God, if I end up getting, like, if I need to take a loan, I'm just quitting school. As if I'm, like, I'm putting God in a corner right now, you know. I'm leveraging God. I'm like, you know, you, you, you asked for it, God. I need to take a loan. That's it. You've lost me as a seminary student. Done. <laughs> now what will happen to your kingdom? I don't know what I was thinking. But I had focus. I had clear vision. I knew where I was headed, and it allowed me. I remember working through the summer, 
And I would take every possible hour given. I lived in a beautiful place. There was a nice beach there. Oh, man, so many possible distractions. Not only that, my wife and I had just gotten married. And so, man, that's a distraction in and of itself. I remember all of the things I could have been spending my time doing. I remember the, the, the tiredness. I remember the fatigue and thinking, ah, do I really want to stay late again today? But then just that vision coming and say, I'm so focused. I know exactly why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for that. I'm doing this for that. I'm doing this for that. Right? You, you following me? I'm doing this right now because I can see with clarity that. I know exactly where I'm headed. I want that feeling of walking across the stage knowing I can say yes to anything. I can say yes to any opportunity. See, that was a goal. That doesn't have to be your goal. Someone here like, oh, he's talking about debt now. It just got real. got so personal. That doesn't have to be your goal. But that was the clarity of vision that I had in that season. My goal, and it gave me focus. Number two, a person of vision. Not only are they a person of focus. Let me just give you some, some context for this. You're like, I don't know. You're just pulling these thoughts out of nowhere. Let me show you a scripture, all right? Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Proverbs 29 and 18. Because the focus was there in that season, I don't look back on it with any regrets. I look back on it. With, with like a smile on my face. I, I smile at the sacrifices made because I was, I was focused. I knew where I was headed. Proverbs chapter 29 and 18 says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Let me read it to you again. This is so good. If people can't see what God is doing, that's a lack of focus, they will stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he has revealed, they are most blessed. They are most blessed. So number one, a person with vision is a person of great focus. Number two, a person with vision, with God-given vision, is an encouraged person. An encouraged person. There's courage on the inside of them. There's life on the inside of them. They're not ebbing away going, oh, man. They, are, they, they got excitement. Why? Did you hear what it said? It said they're most blessed. The Passion Translation puts it this way. I got to read this to you. Check it out. It says, when there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of God's word, check it out, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Heaven's bliss fills your soul. A person with clear vision is an encouraged person. I remember two years ago, we started, uh, we started Vivid Church, our first gathering ever together. We were meeting at a, an old high school on Commercial Drive. We gathered together. It was an evening service. Uh, around this, It was 6 o'clock service, so by the time we were starting church, it was already sort of dark outside, and we were on our way into winter where it got darker and colder. There we were in an in a, in a, uh, auditorium that had no heating, and so everyone was wearing jackets. It was perfect temperature for me, by the way. I was like, I wonder why people wear their jackets. Is it that they don't feel at home? It's like, no, it's because they feel like they're still outside. It's that cold in here. That's what my wife would say. She's like, it was freezing there. Really? I felt great in there. Just a little different internal thermometer. I remember our third week, our third week gathering together, uh, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. <laughs> Truly. Everything. Everything. Like there are things you didn't even know could go right that went wrong, and then you knew that they went wrong because they didn't go right. Everything went wrong. 
It was a mess. Unbelievable. Technical things were blowing up. And two weeks later, we, we were walking into church and someone pulled the fire alarm. We had to evacuate. We were standing. Like, it was crazy. There we are, like, standing in the high school parking lot on Halloween night. We were like, well, everyone, should we go trick-or-treating or should we go have church? It was crazy. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Remember going out for dinner that night with a friend. He was visiting from out of town. And he's like, why are you smiling right now? You know that was terrible, right? I'm like, man, you've got the gift of encouragement. Unbelievable. He's like, like, that was bad. How are you still smiling? I remember like, like one word response. I was enjoying my food. One word response. I'm like, well, because of vision. Vision. The vision was not that on our third week of existence, we would have the greatest production in the city of Vancouver. The vision has always been for people. And, and, and there were people there tonight, and someone came to Christ tonight, and their life was changed. And, and you know what? We pulled through. We got through. Now, now, don't hear me wrong. Someone's like, wait a second. Are you saying a lack of excellence is okay? No, God is an excellent God. He deserves our very best. But, but, but there is a point in time where our very best just isn't very good. just the truth. I said this, look, I've got so clear, like such clear vision for where we're headed that the vision was never about right here. I'm talking about where we're going. So as long as we can keep moving in that direction, I'll continue to be encouraged. You see, a person without vision says this, we'll wait and see. You heard that before? Said that before? Never said with a happy tone. You've never heard someone say, ooh, wait and see. It's always, it's always like, well, I don't know. We'll just wait and see, I guess. <sighs> and that's what you feel like, right? Deflated. <sighs> but a person with clear vision doesn't wait and see. They're like, we will see and then we'll wait. Catch this. We'll see it first and then we'll wait. And once you see it, I'll wait as long as it takes because I've seen it. It doesn't matter how long it takes to, to get where God's taken me because I've seen it and I know what it's like and it's real good. So I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to put in the hard time. I'm willing to, I'm willing to hold on. I'm going to see and then I'm going I'm to wait. And in the meantime, you might as well be filled with heaven's bliss. Come on, somebody. You might as well be filled with joy. We're waiting anyway. You might as well be filled with joy. You're already waiting. You might as well be filled with happiness on the way. You might as well enjoy the journey along the way. It's funny. People always say it's not the destination, it's the journey. They usually say that after they get to the destination, right? <laughs> right? Now that they've arrived at their destination. I just picture people, it's like there they are sitting on stacks of gold, like doing the backstroke in their, in their golden coins. They're like, trust me, people, it'll be worth it once you get there. Enjoy the journey, Right? But there's somebody said, a person with vision in the middle of the journey, they're enjoying the journey. They're not looking back with regret saying, I should have enjoyed that journey more. Now that I got here, I realized it was all about the journey. A person with vision goes, hey, this is what it's all about. We're all, I've seen it, and now I'm willing to wait. I've seen where God has taken me, and I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait with hope, with heaven's bliss filling my soul. Number three. A person with great vision is an inspiration. Truly, a person with great vision, with God-given vision, is an inspiration. They're the type of person you just want to be around. They're the type of person you want to bounce ideas off of. They're the type of person you're like, I just had an idea. I don't know if it's a good one or not. And they're like, it's a great one. What is it? 
You know, you follow what I'm saying? A person with great vision is an inspiration to those around them. I've found some of the most inspiring times I've spent are people who have great vision for their life that's different than my own. Like, it's not like you have to share the exact same, uh, you know, details and, and descriptions in order to be inspiring. When you get around someone who is living on purpose, you get inspired for the thing that you're doing. I love being around people who love what they're doing or who have a clear goal for what they're Like, Ryan, I love being around this guy, Ryan. Just started, started his real estate business, and he's just, like, oozing excitement over real estate. I don't care about real estate. I don't want to be a real estate agent, but I want to be a better leader when I get around Ryan because he's like, oh, man, I've dreamed of this for years. Houses, properties, let me tell you. And he goes, I could describe for you my dream home. And he begins to describe it. And honestly, I'm like, I was almost salivating. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm just like, this is amazing. He's like, there's, there's trees down this side of the line. I see a pathway with crushed gravel, you know? He's like, I see the finest Spanish tiles on the roof. I, he's got this clear vision, and I get inspired to be a better leader because of the clarity of vision with which he carries over the thing that he's doing. I love being around people who have different visions than I have who have a different goal, but because they live it, they're inspired. Check this, this out. I want to I read you this. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. This morning I came across this passage of Scripture, and I was so encouraged. I'm going to ask Neto if you could come back to the keys. I'm going to bring this to a close here. Isaiah chapter 60. Check this out. This is beautiful. It says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come. In other words, you are living right in the center of your vision. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See the darkness that covers the earth. The thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. And nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assembled, they have come to you. Sons from afar, daughters who are carried on the hip, they will look and be radiant, and their hearts will throb and swell with joy. What's this speaking of? A person who is living in the center of God's vision for their life ends up being a beacon of light to others. When you get that type of clarity, you say, I'm so focused. I'm attending to what God has called me to. I, I get nothing else compares nothing else satisfied i am laser beam focused on what he's called me to do that type of bird why because you're so encouraged you're like this might look tiring to other people but i got life flowing on the inside of me because i know where i'm headed and i know what god has called me to and we're almost there i've seen it now i'm just waiting i've seen i'm not waiting to see i've already seen it i'm waiting on it that type of person it's like the, the bible says this god's light is upon them his light has come upon them. As they scanned the horizon, his light came and rested upon them. Man, I, it blows my mind sometimes people who are excited about something that I'm not excited about at all. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. Doesn't mean they're wrong. We're different. But when I get around them, I'm inspired. Like, man, you love art so much. Man, you are excited about a different part of the world than I'm excited about so much. 
You love the thought of, of being in the film industry so much. Man, you got a passion for coffee. And I can't, like, I like drinking it, but you, you, you like, think about it all the time. It says this, that type of person draws sons and daughters from afar. What a great thought. A legacy being left in other people because they see so much inspiration in the way you carry God's vision for your life. I share all this today, not just to, to make a, a, a thesis about vision, but I truly desire that God would give us clarity of vision, that we'd be people who walk in vision with focus, with encouragement, being an inspiration, living big lives, lives that aren't, aren't constrained by our problems or issues, lives that are not defined by our complaints, but lives on purpose with mission, with focus, with excitement, with energy, that, that we'd be the type of people that, that those around us would look and say, how are, you, how are you still doing this? How do you find the energy to do the things that you're doing? And then we have an answer. The Bible says this, be prepared with an answer when people ask you where you get your hope from. Why is that so key? Because we should live in such a way that people ask us that question. Where do you get your hope from? And if we're living any less than that, we're not living with enough clarity of vision yet. We're not living with enough clarity of God's given vision because he's got a beautiful picture. The Bible defines it this way, God's pleasure for your life. God is pleased with the picture and design he has for my life and for your life. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.